Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked on Flames, where Nick and I are going to discuss the rest of the December schedule, the athletic article, and our ideas of, you know, do the Flames really need a captain? Who could it be? Who can fill Gio's shoes? And of course, why, why routine matters here on Locked on Flames. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. You have me, Jess Belmosto, here along with Nick Zararis uh, for our weekly crossover duo episode nick how are you doing i'm very much looking forward to the weekend everybody who's listening can relate the week leading up to christmas and then the week between christmas and new year's yeah. eve quite the struggle for productivity oh 100 and you know just to keep everyone busy while they're listening you should make sure that you're subscribed to lockdown flames wherever you get your podcasts and of course on youtube as well it is a free gift for you and for us here at lockdown flames but you know last night was a pretty good win and we're not gonna drone on and on about it because you know sharks were bad flames were okay but let, let's talk about what there's left to look forward to for the remainder of December. And, you know, talked a little bit about it on Monday in terms of really needing all 12 of these points because they, they need to catch up and pick up the slack. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the benefit of having this division crunch of all of these games against teams you're directly in competition with. You're going to have a real good idea of where you are. I mean, Daryl for about a week and a half, two weeks now has been saying the goal is to be in one of the playoff spots by Christmas. He's got till Sunday. They have two games between now and them. The opportunities right there in front of them. They're going to play. I have it written down here. They're going to play the Kings and then the Ducks. The Kings are in a playoff spot right now. The Ducks are the worst team in the NHL. Ideally, you would like a split there. You get one of those two. You go into Christmas, the Christmas break, the four days off, feeling pretty good about yourself, your team. The Flames kind of have had a hard time finding any kind of consistency this season. So all of these games against divisional opponents, and then after Christmas break, they see um, the Oilers, they see Seattle. So these games are all very important because of how bunched up the Pacific is. You've got four or five teams all within four standing points of each other. And you have Colorado in there for good measure, who's not in a playoff spot in their division. They're one of the wild cards. Mm -hmm. So it's very early. We're not even at the 40 game mark for the Flames, but they need to do a good job here in these division games because these matter a lot more. Yes, I, I know. I don't know if you saw it or not, but there was – I forget what publication had it, but had a strength of schedule analysis for the rest of season. Mm. And, yeah, the Flames have the softest schedule the rest of the way. That's great. Then there's need, no excuse. Yes, that's like, part of it. That's part of it. Yes, just big picture-wise, there are no excuses. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity here to make up ground. You have the inverse of the Devils, where the Devils went on that crazy heater with a yeah. really soft schedule to open the gate. You've struggled a little bit out of the gate. You've had some difficult games. Now, division games, 
this your coach is saying we want to be in a playoff spot by the end of the weekend. You know what you need to do. It's a matter of doing it now. Right. And, you know, last year it was a little bit different because they had the opportunity or potential to fall to a wild card spot um, if they didn't keep up the good hockey that they were playing. And they would have had to go play Colorado. And we all saw how that ended for every one of their opponents. But now they're just they're looking to just sneak in there, you know, kind of make up for lost ground. And the beauty of it is that there's still plenty of hockey to be played. And I don't think that we necessarily have to jump the gun and say, oh, my God, like, is this team even going to make the playoffs? Can they make the playoffs? Will this be any sort of, you know, compensation for the summer? You know, are we going to be able to look back at, July and and by the end of the season and say, you know, we really won. And I just, it's a good time to just sneak in there. And even if it's the bare minimum, at least you did it. One of the natural things is you, you look at your benchmark points along in a season, you take stock, you do this naturally in your life too. Everybody's going to start getting ready to do their new year's resolutions, what they want to stick to, if they're going to be able to stick to it. It's the same idea here for the flames. They have every opportunity in front of them to make up for the early season struggles. And uh, let's be frank here struggles. They at one point lost seven games in a row. They've had a couple of rough losing streaks this season. These games against your divisional opponents are more or less two for ones. Like the games you have against the bad teams, like you still have dates with Columbus, with the Flyers, etc. That's great and all. You got to beat the bad teams, but these division games are so important because you got to keep pace. And it's effectively a four-point game because if you lose to your opponent, they're gaining two points on you in the standings. While you're losing, while you lost the opportunity to gain two points, it's a four-point swing. That's really important when you're this bunched up and it seems like and this might be anecdotal just me but it really feels like there's like four really good nhl teams then there's like 12 to 15 really average teams and then there's 10 god-awful teams and that's really the league right now and that's why the standings are so bunched up like even the predators who have been largely boring this year are 14 14 and three and are four points back of a playoff spot, even though they haven't really played well at all. I, there's plenty That's of opportunity not here. Good. That looks so bad for the league. Like if you, like if a casual fan or you know someone else that follows sports, like just not a hockey fan, whatever, and they see that record and they're like, "How does a team like this with that record? How are they in playoff contention right now?" Like. It's early. That's the biggest thing. It's early. That's why. Usually water will find its level. Like we are, like I've talked about more than once on the show, the ducks were in a playoff spot at Christmas last year. Obviously that didn't carry over into the rest of that season or into this season. They've had Mm -hmm. some injuries, different kinds of circumstances for them, but it's still early. And everybody, everybody does the, um, the American Thanksgiving stat. 20% of the teams that are in playoff spots don't. That that's the counterpoint to that. Like, sure, big picture, yeah, but outliers, little. There, there's plenty of time here, and the teams the Flames are in direct competition with are also flawed. Like the Flames right. are a flawed team, so it really will be over the next thirty-five to four. I think it's forty-seven games they have left to play, something like that. They're gonna define the season. You're gonna see, and for the Flames, it's a real sliding doors kind of situation. 
Yeah. And, you know, like you said, they kind of catch a break here with the Christmas break coming up, but also with the, with their opponents. It's, it's like they really need this cushion and something tells me that, you know, when the season's over, we're going to more than likely look back at this and say, this was really their saving grace. This was their moment to turn it around. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm fingers, toes, legs, everything crossed. Knocking like, on my desk. Yeah, we're not jinxing anything. But you know, hopefully, we'll look back and say this was their cushion. This is what pushed them and kind of gave them that playoff leverage. That's the thing. It's a golden opportunity. Some teams aren't that fortunate. Like everybody remembers how the Canucks went on that crazy run once they hired Bruce Boudreaux last year, but they ran out of games to make up the deficit. Just there weren't enough games in the schedule. If the season went another five, 10 games, the the pace the Canucks were playing at, they would have made the playoffs. But eventually that very long season that we keep talking about how there's plenty of time, Really quickly, we're going to be at the trade deadline. That sounds crazy to say about something that's three months away. The deadline, I think, is March second or third this year. That's three so. full month. That's three full months away. It's going to go very fast. It is going to go yeah. very fast. Yeah, you know, I was looking at um, when the All Star break was this year because I was like, oh, it's definitely like sometime in January. It is February fourth, and um, that will also be here before we know it. And I feel like. We'll, we'll blink and we'll be the all-star break or all-star game and then we'll blink again and it'll be the trade deadline and I think that's going to be an interesting time for the Flames as well because it's back to the never-ending conversation of do they need a top six forward or do they need another veteran defenseman but I think we're gonna move on from this and of course the other old age-old question, do the Flames need a captain? Because we have been talking about this since, literally since before, since we knew Gio was more than likely going to be drafted by Seattle. But first, let me tell you about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting info, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. The World Cup is over, but they've still got you covered for hockey, and they have it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, which obviously you do, you're listening here. So head on over to Bet Online next and tune in to some of their podcasts as well. Maybe place some bets on, you know, is Bill Belichick going to scratch Mac Jones and who Zach Wilson will date next? I don't know. But head on over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. And that's Bet Online where the game starts. It's bowl season. This is the best time for getting nothing done. There is college football on every day from 11 a.m. to 3 o'clock. This is the perfect time. Have a little bit of fun. Throw $5 on something. Have something to root for. There's NFL football on Christmas. So if you really are bored and you really are avoiding spending time with your family because certain topics have come up at the table, throw $5 on the Packers. Root for Aaron Rodgers. Don't root for Aaron Rodgers' ideas and beliefs. Yeah. seriously L- lots to discuss 
yeah, no, add add a little sparkle to your Christmas with some yeah. some money on the line. Would you put money on the line of the Flames naming a captain while Daryl Sutter is coach? Oh, uh, probably not. I mean, he's been here two and a half seasons now. I mean, about about half of the season for that 56 game season, maybe 20 something games, whatever. If he identified somebody he felt capable of being the captain, I think he would have done it by now. That that's just realistically how this works. I mean, there, I don't think you need a captain to be a successful NHL team. I think largely a captain is a figurehead is more symbolic than anything, because for the most part, it's about, for the public in that article in the athletic from the other day, uh, the fan poll of Michael Backlund won the fan poll by a lot. And the, the journalist who interviewed a couple of different people on the flames, like it doesn't really matter to us, to be honest with you. I, I've been on teams where there were guys who wore the C who probably shouldn't have. There were guys on teams where we could have had seven or eight different guys worthy of wearing the C. It really depends yeah. locker room to locker room. And that's the, part that kind of gets overlooked everybody just assumes because that's tradition that's what you've always had in the nhl you need to maintain that you need to have a captain whatever i think you shouldn't stick to that one size fits all mentality every locker room is different every group of people is different whatever that group feels is best for them that to me is where i i am on captain no matter what and i say that as somebody whose favorite team named somebody who i'm not a particular fan of their game who kind of is, I, I don't want to use the word cringe because that's probably not the exact right word, but like if you're like throwing temper tantrums, like, you know, a kid in the toy aisle at Target because you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. It's like painful. Like, bro, you're a grown man. Use your words. If you can't impact the game by, you know, making a hockey play, you got to throw a helmet. You got to have a fit. Yeah. At some point you got to say, well, you know, I'm 27 years old, maybe throwing things I should have left when I was, you know, in middle school. Right. Yeah. No, I remember messaging you and being like, well, why wasn't this person named it instead? And you were like, for image. Yes. You know, it's just. That's another part of it. Yeah. The the process is, some of it is a marketing thing because if it's a, you name a player who's not one of your like marquee players as captain, all the retail stores will carry that guy's jersey now. That is yeah. a little part of this. That's a little part that not a lot of people think about, but that's something that as neurotic as I am about jerseys, I actively think about. Yeah. Like, what jerseys do you see out of Dick's Sporting Goods? Or at, at, Models doesn't exist anymore, but stores of that yeah. ilk. Stores oh, of that ilk. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, you're right. And I think a lot of it does come down to the room and the vibe. And, yes. like, I think of you know, unfortunately, Gio kind of split the room after apparently calling out Matthew Kachuk's behavior and just kind of being like, don't do that. And everyone was like, well, he can. He's Matthew Kachuk. And, uh, you know, I think it does come down to, you know, this team has so many veteran players on it that, could be captains and you hear Daryl Sutter say well if Sean Monaghan was still on this team he'd be captain or if this player was on a different team they would be a captain maybe it's not right right now for the Flames to name one and that's okay because again I feel like naming one right now is just for this sort of image 
It's not something that has to be done. And there are so many different voices in the room and within this, you know, leadership group that no one is above another person just because they have the C or the A. It's just you're a voice in the room where you want to be heard. And this this is a theory I've always had. People like having a captain so they can point the finger at them and blame them for when things go wrong. Just generally speaking, it's very easy when you have like a defined person to put all of your effort and rage towards when you have a figurehead like that. It, for fans, at least, they like having somebody they can be like, well, he's the captain of the team. How come he isn't stopping this? How come he isn't turning things around? It's, yeah. They, everybody likes one to, person. Yes, correct. Everybody likes to project. That That's the thing. Everybody yeah. likes to project onto the parasocial relationships they have where it's, oh, this guy's been around the league for a long time. He's been on a couple different teams. He knows what it takes to win because he's won in other places just because he won in other places doesn't mean he's going to be able to win here he is not playing with the same people he played with <laughs> these are 17 different four skaters and two different goalies it's a very different environment sure you can be a good guy everywhere you go doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily you're always going to fit in in the right in the same role you're not going to be able to have that same dynamic everywhere you go because every team is different because every team has different people on it right and you know i don't think someone is going to come from another team and just kind of insert themselves and be like, yeah. this is my locker room now. Like, that's just not, that's not what a real leader would do anyways. I feel like, you know, you just kind of sit back, feel it out, and then kind of start dipping your toes in. And, you know, I think one of my favorite things is, you know, when the refs, you know, something happens, Jonathan Huberto or... Uh, Backland are right there with the ref talking yeah. and that's to me that is leadership and that is something that a captain typically does but those are the ones that step up to do it and again initiative for the ice the thing that you do while you're on the ice and also when you need to really be a leader and they are doing that but again you don't have to wear a C there is just a level playing field there. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Where are you at in terms of what type of player your captain should be? Because this was a real argument on amongst Ranger fans over the summer, because most people were looking around at each other and were like, Trooper's like the ninth best player on this team. Yeah. And when you look at when you look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last 10 years or so, the captain's usually one of the two or three, even fourth best player on the team. Yeah. The only outlier there really is Dustin Brown with the Kings. That's the only one in the last 10 years where he wasn't a, a consensus top three or four player on the team of everybody who won the cup. You think about Ovechkin, Crosby, Taze, you think about Bergeron. Well, no, Char was the captain. Then Char was yeah. one of the better Char was Char was one of the best players on that team. You think about Stamkos, the year he was on the team, not the one year where he only played the one shift, definitely yeah. one of the best players on the team. The year before that, no, he wasn't, but he was hurt. So, but you get what I'm saying here. Where are you at in terms of that? You know, I don't think that your captain has to be the best player, but I think there's someone that still needs to probably fall five to seven at least yeah. and, you know, go out there and make they have to make some sort of impact on the ice. That's I, what, yeah. I, I don't, and by impact, I mean a positive impact. And Jacob Truba does not do that. 
he I sorry Flames fans, we've got to talk Rangers for a second, but when I saw that they named him captain right after injuring Sidney Crosby, who was one of the greatest hockey players of all time, I was like, what message are we sending? Because to me, Kreider is the captain. He that that's that's the guy. But again, I am not the front office. I am not an owner. I am someone who simply observes the Rangers when they're on my television. But yeah, no, I think a captain needs to be some someone that goes out there and makes a positive impact uh, through hockey plays. Um, and again, and is someone just kind of checking in with their players off the ice? Uh, Patrice Bergeron, I don't even think he was captain at this point, but when uh, Jamel Smith was waived from Boston to Providence, Bergeron called him and was like, hey, I'm sure that this is a really hard time for you mentally. Like, if you need anything, like, here's obviously my phone number, but, like, call me. I don't care what time of night it is. Like, we're here for you. My wife and I, like, we'll do whatever we have to do, like, to support you. To me, that's yeah. awesome. Like, yeah, there's I'm- a... Yeah, there's an emotional part of being a leader too, where you have to be, you have to have a firm grasp on how everyone is doing. You can't lead everybody the same way. Like we were just talking about, where you can't fit in the same way on every team. You can't lead with everybody the same right. way. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's not a cookie cutter role, and not every team requires the same intensity of a leadership. Like when I think of, the Canadians, for example, they they need that heartbeat of the team. And that is Nick Suzuki. That's perfectly him. He's a young kid, future of the organization, and just, he, he is him. He is him. And then, you know, again, to bring it back to Boston, you have Bergeron, who's been there his entire career. He's won. He is one of the best two-way forwards in the history of the league. And he's so well-poised. And just not Jacob Trupa. He goes out there. He's so elegant. And he does his job. So the last thing I want to say about this is, and that's why we're we're giving all of these anecdotes in this context, because you don't need a captain to be a successful NHL team. That no. That's the main reason here. And naming someone captain for the sake of naming someone captain defeats the entire purpose of having a captain. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it doesn't... You don't rush to name someone captain. Usually it's someone who's kind of been groomed to be the captain or, you know, again, like Bergeron was under Chara. And that's just something that happens naturally. Yes. You're not going to do it because you want to or you have Leadership to. takes time to develop. Yeah. And that's okay, too, because it's even more exciting and more special when that time comes. But I think we're going to wrap it up today with some wonderful, wonderful consistency talk, which I feel like, again, sometimes it may feel like we're back in 2020, 2021 with the shortened season, because that's all we talked about that season. But we are going to just break it down, talk about consistencies, inconsistencies, traps, and of course, Daryl Sutter. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to 
Locked on Flames. Almost forgot the name of the podcast here. It's fine. But uh, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. You can follow me on Twitter at Jess Balmasto, and you can follow Nick at Nick Zararis. Oh man. So the Flames. Like, there was an interesting thread over the weekend that I actually talked about on the show on Monday. And I I want to get your your feel for this. If Daryl Sutter was not named Daryl Sutter, would he be under fire in Calgary? Probably, yeah. And it's why this topic is on the rundown over the weekend, because I I think I read the same thread, probably, to be honest Mm -hmm. with you, because because it's very straightforward. And even we were doing this when I was on the show last week. I said, ultimately, I'm going to defer. I think I trust Daryl's instincts because he's been around for so long. And then I read that thread a little bit. I thought about it. And I think you can be a good coach, but not know how to coach the players you have because you're not suited for the style they like to play and I kind of think that's the case with the Flames right now is that I still think Daryl's a decent coach but I think he's too rooted in his ways to kind of adapt a little bit to the new players he has where yeah. he he occasionally stumbles into good combinations and then he keeps consistently changing them after one bad period one bad turnover etc I mean yeah. Lucic went from being healthy scratch three straight games to playing 14 minutes in the top six in a game the Flames lost by multiple goals I understand he's kind of just trying to throw things at the wall right now to see what can stick. But at the same time, you gotta, you gotta find a way to get the best out of your guys. And they're not doing that. That's the reason I think you can make the argument that you Daryl should be getting a little bit more heat is he's not putting his guys in a position to succeed right now. Like, yeah, they can bully the sharks. That's great. I mean, the sharks are probably the third, second worst team in the entire league. If they're going to make the run, he wants them to here and get into a playoff spot relatively soon. He's going to need to be better too. Right. And I think, we were all so excited when the Kadri signing happened because we were like, this is a perfect guy. This is a Sutter, you know, system-made guy. And I, not that I feel like Kadri has been underperforming. He is tied with Toffoli for the most goals. But I feel like, again, he could be used in a different way and pushed to that next level. And which is very odd to say with Daryl Sutter at the helm because the, the, these were quite literally the same exact talking points I had about Gaudreau, Kachuk, Mangiapane, and Dubé when Jeff Ward was running this team. And I, Dylan Dubé has been playing fantastic hockey. I feel like Mangiapane may be seeing some regression and the other two don't play for this team anymore. But there is something that just needs like a little Oh, push. The car is in neutral right now, and we have to get it into drive and just do something. And I I don't know what. So one of the things I try to think about when I when we have these type of intangible and like philosophy discussions, you try and remove yourself and you think about it in terms of the talking points, the should there be more heat on Daryl Sutter? Well, why should there be more heat on Daryl Sutter? Because he's not getting the most out of the team. Why is he not getting the most out of the team? 
the team's a little bit different than last year. They mm-hmm. lost really, really, really good players. They've had to kind of reconfigure the, how they want to use their lineup. They're missing different players. And I think some of it is Daryl just getting a feel for the new guys who are playing significant roles. I mean, Mackenzie Weger is playing a lot of minutes. He's got two new top six forwards. That's all. Those are your bulk minute guys. You rem- you think about it. Your first line's playing 18, 19 minutes a night. Your mm-hmm. second line's playing 17, 16 minutes a night. Your first pair's paying 23, 24 minutes minutes a night second pair is playing about 20 minutes a night that's a significant portion of your game and for him to not have a great feel for these newer players these guys who are new to the team this year that's part of this and then the the main reason i titled this section stubbornness versus experiences in daryl's life he is where he is because of the experiences he's had he's he's going to defer that i've always kind of known how to figure this out i will figure it out again yeah and that is life experience. You can't really get good at things until you have significant experience doing them. But at the same time, when you don't allow yourself to try new things or to buckle a little bit, to yield yeah. to the players, give them a little bit of freedom to be the players they are as opposed to the players you want them to be, that's where you can be perceived as stubborn. The stubbornness, it, the most obvious thing is is how they've been using Lucic. I mean, it's great he scored two goals last night, but – Milan Lucic is not a second line, first line forward in 2022. He's just not. But that's 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 a guy Daryl feels comfortable with. Because, and because Daryl's gotten this far in his life with the decisions he's made, he's going to think, well, if I, I, I've done this before, I think Lucic is similar to people I've had before. He's going to be successful doing this yeah. based on that experience. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm almost positive um... – Lucic was still playing pretty okay when he was in LA under Sutter. So, you know, he knows, like, it's the familiarity. And yes. I feel like that that is something very good to work with. But there's also, like, some younger, more efficient players that you had last year that you can use that you're still familiar with and can kind of move around yes. and shuffle and not make this big tank of a man play in your top six at the end of 2022 one of the questions i have is has there ever been a situation that you can think of off the top of your head where a player or not even just a player but a team has kind of been like i know we're supposed to be doing this on the ice but what if we tried this instead kind of rebelled against their coach um Rebelled against their coach. I mean, the Flyers are going to have a full mutiny on the bounty soon, but that's kind of that's hypothetical. Like that's going to happen. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Coaches who have gotten fired. Um, the end of Ducharme in Montreal was very much like that, where the guys were just going out there and going through the motions, doing what they wanted to do, and the coach ended up getting fired. Um, when it goes bad in the NHL, it goes very it bad. Does. I mean. David Quinn at the end of his time in the rate with the Rangers, that's another example I could think of where David Quinn wanted them to do one thing and they were like, no. And that was the end of the 56 game season and his time in New York. So it happens. It happens, but it's not as extreme with with the flames. I, I think that, I think there's something to be said for the fact that, like we said at the start of this segment, New players playing significant roles. Yeah. Daryl doesn't have a feel for them yet, so he doesn't know how he wants to use them. So he's going to be inclined to defer to the players he's had. The one thing I will say about familiarity and experience, I'm glad he put Backlund back with Coleman and Manjapati. That line yes. was that line has been very good when it's been together the last two years. 
Yeah, no, that is one of my favorite lines to watch um, in hockey in general. I think that that line is so special and the planets have aligned for them to be together and Daryl Sutter just needs to leave that alone. Do not touch it. When you were playing, you know, your little Jenga or whatever, asking your magic eight ball, who should be where, leave that line alone. Those three names are off limit. And that's it. That's it. Just that's it. Have fun. Have fun with the rest of it. Um, I don't know how far you're going to get when, if you're trying to play Lucic 14, 15 minutes a night. I don't think that that is something that is remotely sustainable. I think that it is time to kind of shuffle this lineup and allow Matthew Phillips to be elevated in the lineup. And just please give that poor boy a chance. Please. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to be a while till they can add another player because they need to keep accumulating cap space to the deadline. You've got in-house guys that are worth a dart throw. I mean, worst case, okay, he's not good enough or he's not ready. Okay, there's not like, much of a difference. Right, there's two or three more names down in the AHL that could probably also go for a spin. So, again, just figure it out. Please, I, I he wanted to that. try new things. I, I yeah. know you can't. I know you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but Daryl, please, please, I'm begging you, I'm begging you, Daryl, to just, I don't know, have an epiphany one night. I know you can do it. I, I know these visions come to you in a fever. He's gonna have Johnny. Good, he's gonna have Johnny Gaudreau visit him in a dream and be like, "Play the short king." Like, yes, like, exactly. like a Christmas Carol. <laughs> I'm picturing Daryl walking through his house with a night stocking, nightcap on, with a candle. A candle. Yeah. 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 No, that is absolutely how he sleeps. I guarantee yeah. it. I just oh my god, he like trips back. over like the yellow lab that they have or yeah. something, something so generic. But yeah. I believe it. Um, so I think that does it for us today here on Lockdown Flames. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and. You know, it's good to kind of get to like the meat and potato discussions versus just the, okay, this is what they did well. This is what they did bad. We'll, we'll move on. It's okay. So thank you, Nick, for bringing all this good stuff to the table. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Flames Pod. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Mention the show at like Christmas dinner, like when those conversations start bubbling over, be like, hey guys, on my favorite episode of my favorite podcast ever, they were talking about how Daryl Sutter like trips over his dog because he doesn't, he doesn't, yeah, Johnny Gaudreau comes to him in his sleep. So just, you know, interject some fun facts about the podcast. Um, again, you can follow me on Twitter at Jess Belmosto. Lots of nonsense going on there. And Nick, where can everyone find you? Uh, just my Twitter handles, my last name, Nick Sararis, Nick, Z-A-R-A-R-I-S. Same thing on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I don't even know what my Instagram handle is. I made that in high school. Don't follow me on Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I never stopped ta- I never stopped talking, ever. You have two terminally, not even chronically, but terminally online posts here with you at Locked on Flames. So... Enjoy. Have a good rest of the week. I'll be back tomorrow with I don't know, but we'll figure it out. (laughs) See you guys.